Hello, Texans and Texans at heart. I'm Susanna, and this is The Susanna Gibbs Show. On this podcast, you're going to hear from artists, idealists, entrepreneurs, and today, a mom. So just to back it up a little bit, I've been fortunate enough to have two careers over the past 20-something odd years, and one of them was as an actress and producer. The other was selling insurance. And it's been a very, very interesting mix of art and business. But I've heard some really great stories. And as a storyteller at heart, it's fun to share them. If you'd like to tell us your story, we'd love to hear from you. Go to GibAgencyDallas.com, even if you're not our client. We'd still love to hear your story. Now, on today's show, we have Veronica Mata. I'm very honored that she chose to trust me to be on the show today. Her daughter, Tess, was killed in the school shooting in Uvalde over a year ago at this point. It's a really important interview, and I hope you'll share it because there's a problem and we've got to figure out what to do about the school shootings. We've got to figure it out. So help us figure it out. And now, on with the show. Veronica, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Yes, nice to be on here. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to see you in person. I enjoyed talking with you the other day. So um, tell us, who was Tess? So Tess was my 10-year-old daughter. Um, she was a fourth grader at Robb Elementary, and um, she was killed when a 18-year-old went into her school and shot her and 19 of her friends and her two teachers. What, before we get into the, the day of the shooting, um, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about 10-year-old Tess. So Tess was your typical 10-year-old little girl. Um, She loved being on TikTok. She loved her friends. She loved playing outside. Um, She loved aggravating her sister, her older sister. (laughs) Um, She was, you know, just your typical 10-year-old girl. She loved to change outfits more than I can count. Um, We had laundry every day because she was always in and out of different clothes, different dresses. Um, she would roller skate around the house. She was just a fun, loving, um, she was the life of our, our lives. She kept us going. Uh, she was, she was the best thing that we've had. So there's a big gap between your older daughter, who's 22 22 and Tess. Yeah. So they're 11 years apart. Yeah, they're 11 years apart. And Um, but they got along. I'm sorry? Was she kind of, was she your second marriage baby or surprise baby? She was a surprise baby. Surprise baby. (laughs) She was a surprise, yes. Um, I tried to come out pregnant right after we had um, Faith, our oldest daughter, and I just, I couldn't come out, couldn't come out pregnant. And um, we finally had just, you know, had just given up and, I told my husband, I was like, I'm fixing to be 35. I was like, I, if I don't come out pregnant, I'm, I'm done. Like, 
either you're going in or I'm going in. And I want to say, like, I found out I was pregnant three months before my 35th birthday. Oh. So, yeah. So let's let's go to the day of the shooting. Were you at work as well? I was. Um, I'm a kindergarten teacher at one of the other campuses here in Uvalde. How did you how did you hear about it? Um, so it just kind of started off like a normal day. Um, I had just taken my class to rotation. Um, so it was the end of the year. So we were getting papers signed for the end of the year. And I walked into the office and I remember hearing the secretary um, saying that she um, saying that there was police presence at Rob um, for another bailout. Um, so it was typical. Um, Rob had had a lot of bailouts this past couple of years, um, more so that past this past year of the twenty of year twenty two. Um, so it was an it was a normal thing that they had bailouts what's, there. What's a bailout? So are uh, the bailouts are um, oh bailouts. Uh-huh, the immigrants are coming in and they're chasing the border patrol or DPS is chasing um, the immigrants and they jump out of their vehicles and they'll run onto the school area or the streets around that area. And um, so they would lock the school down in those instances. So they had a lot of those. Um, I want to say they had at least 20, 22 wow. maybe in um, that year. So um, it was just, you know, something normal. So when I heard her say that they had a bailout, I was like, again, um, and I just grabbed my paperwork. I had um, one of the other principals sign it, and I was walking back to my classroom. Um, and as I was walking back, uh, the principal came on the intercom, and she shut our campus down. And so we rushed to a classroom because we had to get out of the, the breezeway. We were outside still, so we w- ran to a classroom, and we stayed in there. And as I was in there, we started getting calls from other parents of our students, um, you know, asking, you know, are their kids okay? They wanted to know what was going on, you know, if they were safe. And, you know, we just replied, yes, everybody's safe. You know, we're, we're in the classrooms, they're, everybody's okay. And um, one of my other co-teachers got a message saying that um, there was a shooter at Rob and um, that it was one of the immigrants that was, that had a gun. Uh, so, you know, it kind of like, okay, that's new. That's not something that we're used to hearing. Um, but we figured, you know, they would detain him and, you know, everything was going to be okay. As more time went on, you know, we started getting more messages. Um, one of my other coworkers got a message that a student had been shot. And um, things just kind of started escalating from there. So from this time on, um, so everything started around 1130. Um, I was in that classroom till it probably till about 1215, 1220. Um, and we were locked down, so I couldn't leave. They wouldn't allow us to leave. Um, I finally called my principal and I told her, I was like, look, I was like, you know, I've got to get to the Civic Center because that's where they were taking all of the students, um, they were, that was a reunification area. Um, I was like, I have to get over there. I have to go make sure that Tess is okay. And she's like, okay, hold on, just give me a second. So um, she comes back on. Um, She calls me probably about a minute or two later, but within that time, 
um, we received an email and it was from our other um, principal stating that um, we had a sub on our campus and her sister was a teacher at Rob and um, saying that her sister had been shot. Oh no. Um, so right then and there, we knew that there was definitely something was going on and there was, it wasn't your normal day bailout. Um, so she calls me and she says, meet me in the breezeway. I'll walk you guys out to the, to your vehicles. Cause there was, um, several other parents on our campus that had kids at Rob. So they let us leave to go and find our students at the civic center. Um, so we get to the civic center and I'm trying to find Tess, um, a coworker of mine, her husband was already there. Um, so he were there kids me. there at the civic center at that time? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. They had already started bringing kids, um, to the civic center right away. Um, <clears throat> so, um, he was, he had found his daughter already. So, um, he was helping look for Tess. Um, so we looked and looked and we couldn't find them. And as we're there, there's buses still coming and unloading students. You know, they're still coming. Um, at the same time, Faith is calling me and she's like, mom, you know, what's going on? Um, you know, I need, you know, did you find Tess? Um, and so it would just kind of, just kind of kept on escalating and escalating. So, um, my daughter kind of knew a little bit more about it because her, um, we have a family member that texted her and just asked her, you know, Hey, what's going on? You know, what school is Tess at? And Faith told her, and she's like, you need to get your mom and dad to go to the Rob now. Just go over there. She didn't tell her what or why she just told her, you know, you need to get them to go over there to Rob. Um, so during that time that I was in the classroom, I was also conversing back and forth with my husband. And he had taken off over there. So he left from work probably about 1145 um, from work. And he got there. And um, so he was there at Rob. Um, he got to hear the the gunshots. He got to hear everything that was happening. He saw the parents, um, you know, trying to get in. Um, he was trying to get in. Um, it was just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a good situation. So I stayed at the Civic Center. And um, we were just there um, trying to wait for Tess to get there. Uh, and we, they just kind of had us back and forth. Um, at one point, they told us to go to the hospital to make sure and check that she wasn't one of the students that was taken to the hospital. So I, we drive to the hospital and um, we're there probably for about an hour, hour and a half. Mm. And um, showing them pictures of Tess and, you know, trying to find out, um, going back and forth. And then probably probably within that hour hour and a half or so they come in and they tell us um one of you needs to go back to the civic center because they were still bringing more children to the civic center so my husband leaves and he leaves me there and he leaves and he takes off to the civic center and i stay there at the hospital and we're still going back and forth and probably about another <clears throat> two hours pass and we finally get in contact with the with the ranger and um, we ask, he asks for um, Tessa's picture again, and I show him the picture, and then I say her name again and her date of birth. And at this time, I was with a coworker of mine who um, also lost her daughter. Um, 
we were both talking with him at the same time and he's like, um, both of you need to go back to the civic center. He's like, um, just go back to the civic center and they'll like, give you more information from there. Uh, so my husband, we both, me and my husband both came in our vehicle. So, um, I asked her, you know, Hey, can I get a ride back to the civic center with you? And so we both drove back to the civic center. And from that point on, we were there till, um, we found out around 1130 that, um, Tess was no longer with us. 1130 PM? 1130 that night. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, um, they had us back and forth all day long, you know, just, and they put us in this big room here at the Civic Center. Um, they had all the families that weren't already told that their child had passed. Um, so there's probably there was probably about 18 of us all in one in one room, um, and they had us all there. They were, um, you know, still asking for pictures, wanting to know what was what the holdup. The- Just identify. I mean. Okay. Yeah, they were just trying to see about identifying the children. Um, at one point, they um, they swabbed us there inside mm. the civic center in front of everybody. Um, so they called us by the child's name, and we walked up there, and they they swabbed both my husband and I, um, just to see if they could find more information. Um, and but yeah, but probably about it was about eleven thirty, eleven forty five when we found out that Tess was no longer here. I'm so sorry. Were you able to see her body? No, um, no. I, I didn't get to see Tess um, till three weeks later that we buried her. Um, so I didn't get to see her the day before till the day before we buried her. How so come? Tess, um, so they sent from Uvalde, they sent her and all the other kids to San Antonio um for the autopsies um so they sent them over there and there was a long delay there um and because of the amount of kids and I, at least that's what they told us because of the amount of kids that was there um it was going to take a long time so um it just kept on getting pushed back so we didn't get to see her until um we buried her on june june the 6th mm, i'm sorry that's really hard. So no, no, June the 13th. I'm sorry. It was, I know it was just three weeks later. It was just, so those three weeks we were here in the house, um, not knowing anything, not having any information, nothing at all. Did they tell you anything about how, <clears throat> like, you, like how she died or where she was or they nothing. won't release any of that information? No. Mm-mm. Do you want to know? Like, if you're like, I, I mean, do. for your closure, like, was she playing with a little girl? Was she coloring? Mm-hmm. Was she, you know, what was I mean, she doing? We, Where was she? We do know that they were watching a movie. Um, they were watching Lilo and Stitch. Um, so mm-hmm. we do know that they were watching a movie when everything happened. Um, we do know that they were um, all huddled together. Um, the ones that did pass away, we know that they were all huddled together. Um, so there's little bits and pieces that we do know. Um, so it's just, you know, it's not really the, in the detailed information, but we do know, um, some things here and there. That's so hard. So I know that this, this 
propelled you, I think? Did you have any thoughts of activism before this? No. Um, my thought was I just wanted to get the hell out of this town. Um, yeah. I didn't want to be nowhere near here. Um, the three of us, um, we were just, we were ready to leave. Um, and we did. Uh, one of my best friends moved to California and um, she called me and she's like, come and stay with us. We drove up there, the three of us, um, after probably about maybe about three, three weeks after um, we laid test arrest. Um, we went and we drove to California and we stayed with uh, my best friend in California for probably about two weeks. And uh, it was there when I think talking with her and her letting us know that um, we were we were Tessa's voice now. She could no longer speak for herself, um, and we had it. To, we had to be that voice for her. Um, so at the time that we were here, uh, we were over there. Uh, there was a lot of meetings going on here in town. Um, there was a lot of um, people wanting to speak with us, um, not just media, but um, like senators and representatives and stuff like that. And uh, it was, I think it was kind of like at that moment we decided, you know, we're the only ones that are going to be able to keep Tessa's memory alive. So we have to go and we have to speak for her and we have to let the world know that she had rights also and we needed to be a part of her life. So. How did you come from being there to going to the Capitol and describe that experience at the Capitol, if you would. So going um, from there to the Capitol, um, are you talking about in D.C. or in Austin? Because we, we've done both. Oh, you've done both. I was mainly talking about Austin. So Austin. if you want to start okay. there and then move on. So most, our, most of our work first started off with us going to D.C., um, okay. And then little by little, it started um, us going to Austin. Um, we had a lot of help from Senator Gutierrez. Um, he kind of is the one that, you know, kind of took took everything and just um, wholeheartedly went in there um, saying that something had to be done. We needed to something needed needs to change. And, you know, it's, it, I guess it's kind of like a uphill battle because, you know, we know that he's a politician and we know that we have people thinking that, you know, he's just using our families to get political gain for himself. But this, this man, you know, like stopped everything that he was doing, you know, to make sure that we had what we needed first before he asked us to do anything. So, um, when he asked us to start going and speaking in, in Austin, it was a no brainer. You know, we knew that we needed to be there and we knew that we needed to um, come up with things to help change the way Texas is right now. Um, these gun laws are, they're not good for the people. They're not good for our students. They're just, th things have to change. Um, so that's kind of where we, everything started off at. And we just, um, we went every Tuesday from February all the way until um, May, the end of May. Every Tuesday yeah. you went to Austin? Every Tuesday we drove to Austin. 
Would people see you? Yeah, I mean, we were there. Um, we would make appointments. Um, we would make appointments with some representatives and some that were for the House Bill 27, for, um, the House Bill to raise the age from 18 to 21. They would visit with us. Um, but there was some And the other ones would... wouldn't? Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, that's there was, terrible. There was a lot of representatives that wouldn't meet with us. Yeah. How yeah. disappointed were you when it didn't pass? <clears throat> I very, I mean, we were really disappointed, but um, we knew that it, it, this bill has gotten a lot further than what any other gun reform bill had gotten. So it was a win, but it was a loss also because um, no bill had ever gone into the committee for a vote and gotten past that. So for us to be able to have gotten it past the committee for the vote um, and then it go to the calendars, that was a big hurdle for us. And I mean, on any gun reform. So it was a big, you know, win for us. But them stalling it for it not to be in the calendar was a loss because it was the same people that, you know, that wouldn't meet with us. And I mean, we did have we did meet with um Mr. Guillen and he, he said, you know, he was, he was with us. And at the last minute he, he voted no. Oh, and he was, he was some, the one that was solving it. Who were some of the other people that refused to meet with you? Um, so Trox Claire, she didn't, she didn't refuse to meet with us, but she sent a, um, her assistant, she sent an aide to go and meet with us. Um, she said that she had a other commitment um, outside of the Capitol. And so she wasn't going to be able to meet with us that day. And um, so we've, throughout this whole process, we've made a lot of friends um, within the media. And um, one of the friends that we did make um, sent us a picture of Trox Claire at the same time that we're there, that we were supposed to meet with her. She's, in the Capitol and she's sitting on the, on the floor with her daughter, but mm. she wouldn't meet with us, you know? So it's just, you know, it's just things like that. Do what's your plans. So in, I know you said you had come in wanting just AR 15s, the gun, the age to be raised, but you feel differently <clears throat> now. What do you yeah. feel like it should be now? Um, well, I mean, I still feel like it, it needs to be changed. It needs to be changed to um, no ARs at all. Um, no ARs at all. No ARs not just, at all. Not just an age limit. Just get rid of AR-15s right. altogether. It's a military weapon, you know. Um, you know, people say that it infringes on their Second Amendment rights. You know, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't you either. Don't see, you don't see 18-year-olds going to the Capitol and protesting you know, that they don't have, you know, that we're trying to take that away from them. You don't see, you know, you, we have an age limit from 21 for beer. We have an age limit for 21 for cigarettes. I don't, I don't understand what is the big hurdle to raise the age from 18 to 21 for the AR-15s. You have to have a license to drive a car. You have to have a license to go fishing for yep. heaven's sakes. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. Honestly, have you talked to anybody who's been like, well, that 
that that after you talk to them, you're like, okay, well, that's a good point. Or it's really, it's all the same argument. It's the Second Amendment argument all day long. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's all we get is it's the Second Amendment argument. And that if they do that, then they're going to take all their guns away from them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they're worried about. And that's not what we're worried. That's not what we want. You know, we just, an AR-15 wasn't designed to be out on the streets. Yeah. An AR-15 was a military gun. It's guns used in the military who these military personnel are trained to use these guns you know they they give them the gun they show them how to use it and then they take it away from them you know like i i just don't it's hard for me to like comprehend and for me to understand um but it's an uphill battle and we knew it was going to be an uphill battle here in texas we knew that but um like we've talked to, I've talked to some of the other moms and, um, you know, they mess with the wrong moms, you know, they, <laughs> they mess with the wrong parents and we're not stopping. Um, we're going to continue fighting. Um, and I'm what's gonna the continue. name of your organization? Um, the organization that I'm in is the lives Rob. lives Rob. Mm-hmm. lives Rob. Is there a website? Yes. It's the lives LivesRob.org. Mm-hmm. What do you want to, what's, what's the next step for LivesRob? Um, so we're still going to continue advocating for um, the ban assault weapons. Um, we will be, I believe, in D.C. in September. Um, so we're going to be doing some, some new stuff that, um, that our president has planned out. Um, it's still in the works right now, so we really haven't said much about it, but, um, we're working on some things, but we'll, we'll be in DC and we'll be in Austin again. That's exciting. Um, do you, do you mostly focus on gun rights or do you, is there an aspect of mental health awareness that's also involved in it? Or are you mostly going the gun rights route? Um, for right now, we're mostly just going the gun route. Um, okay. We know that uh, mental health is—it's a big issue, um, but you know the state of Texas is allowing for these people with the mental health issues to purchase these weapons right. with no um, no real good background checks. I mean, anybody can go in there that's over the age of eighteen that, and can go and purchase a gun, and you can get it within seven days or so. You know, like there needs to be better background checks um, to do that. So that's where I'm like, I don't understand why the smart gun owners don't want the rest of the people. Like, let's put the yeah. Anyway, I know. I, I know. know. <laughs> I it's, mean, what's how do you how do you deal with the argument that you know what you're a teacher? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a gun in your hands. No, no. Like I, I've told my husband and I told my daughter. I would quit. I would quit my job because that's not what I went to school for. I didn't go to school to carry a gun in a classroom. I went to school for four years to earn my bachelor's degree to teach children not to carry a gun in a classroom. That is not my job. That is the job of the police officers and or the Border Patrol, DPS, whoever. Um, That is not my job. Speaking of police officers, do you have much interaction with the police officers in your community? No, no. Have you seen them at all? Like, yeah. cause you've all, I mean, it's not that big. What do you do when you run into them? 
I at lunch. Try to walk away. Try to turn around. Um, they, they try still, and talk to you. No, they're still working the streets. There, none of none of the police officers that were on scene that day have been fired. Um, some of them have left um, and left on their own, um, but for the most part, most of them are still working um, our streets today. Do they even acknowledge a level of? Hey, you know what? We didn't really do that right, or no? They can't because no. they, they can't acknowledge fault at all, right? Right. Like, legally, or they're just going to open themselves up, which is totally right. unfortunate. Right. Yeah. Um, no, we've had. Um, so it hasn't personally happened to us, but um, some of the other family members have had some of the cops laugh in their face. <gasps> you know, they've just, you know, they they feel like they have done nothing wrong. They feel like they do that they did nothing wrong. Um, they there's no accountability at all whatsoever. Why would they laugh though? Why would they laugh? Because they they think that we're laugh a joke. in the face of someone's grief. Like mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that's uh, terrible. They they think that we're a joke. They think that you know because they have that whatever. I don't even know what the name of it is where they are protected. So regardless, you know, they feel like they're not going to get in trouble for anything that they did in that in that school, oh, no matter that's what. That's terrible. That's so, terrible. That's super disappointing. People should be better than that. I wish people were better than that. Yeah, I wish so too. Yeah. So how long has it been since that day? How many days? Um, it's been a year. It's, I mean, it just feels like it was yesterday, honestly, um, yeah. just depending on the day, you know, um, I think sometimes we're still in denial, um, or at least myself. Um, there's days that I wake up and I'm just like, oh, OK, everything was just a bad dream. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to get up and I'm going to hear Tess listening to her TV or listening to her iPad. And, and then when you walk out that bedroom door and you just you see her room and it's just like. It's reality that hits you in the face all over again. Mm. So, but yeah. I know there are bad days. Um, what is, what are some of the things that keep you going? Faith. My oldest daughter, faith. faith um, work. Uh, you know, the families that we've become close with. Um you know, a day doesn't go by that we don't talk or at least text, you know, just to see how everybody's doing. Um, but mostly, you know, my husband and my daughter, Faith, you know, those are the ones that um, keep me going and, you know, make sure that I get up every morning and I'm doing something. So I'm kind of, you know, grateful that school's almost coming again because, you know, I have to force myself to get up. So I'm getting up. You know what I mean? I'm making an effort to get up and, and get my day started. Um, but yeah, but it's mostly just all I have left is faith now. So have you heard from any other families outside that have experienced what you have, like maybe outside of Texas that reached out to you from Um, other schools? I haven't personally, um, we've met a few from Santa Fe. Um, we've met, um, I want to say we met a few from Sandy Hook. Um, but we've, 
I've talked, I personally have talked more with the people from Santa Fe. Um, but I know that some of the other families have talked to um, some of the victims and the survivors from, well, the, um, some of the family members of, the, of Sandy Hook. Got it. So if people want to help uh, Lives Rob, how, do, how can they help? Um, so there's, if they go onto the website, there is a donation on there, um, that they can, they can go in and they can donate. Um, there's also shirts and bracelets and stuff that are fixing to go up on there, um, that they can also purchase, um, and just spread the word, um, just share our videos. Um, our, um, our social media person is, we're constantly sharing stuff on there of stats of, um, you know, of the gun awareness, you know, um, I think we just posted something of, of a discount for a gun safe storage um, box that we, um, we're we um, teaming up with. Um, so we're just, you know, we're just kind of going that route. We're just, it's all new to all of us. So we're just trying to go through the process and making sure that we're doing it the correct way. So it's kind of taking us a little while. Um, and we're moms, you know, that all lost our daughters. So, um, some days are difficult for us to, to get going, but, um, we're slowly, surely, so surely, but slowly we're getting there and we're getting stuff posted on there. There's such a resistance to change in our state, especially for these. So I applaud you guys for taking on this fight. Um, Somebody's yeah. got to do it. And, and it's disappointing that there's not more elected officials that are able to stand up for the kids and stand yeah. up for doing something that's right. Yeah. I mean, because um, nobody else wants to be in this position. We don't want to have to see anybody else suffer the way our families are having to suffer. Like, you don't wish this upon your worst enemy. No. The grief, the... It's just, it's something that you don't want nobody to have to go through. And if we can prevent another family from having to go through the pain that we're going through, that is what we're going to do. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. You know, I re-asked um, the guy in our office who's a teacher. I know I told you that I asked him if he had any <coughs> questions and he was like, no, because I don't, I, I don't want to think about it. I try and block it out. And I asked him again today, I was like, did you think of anything? And he had that same kind of look on his face like no no I I, I yeah. don't but I have to think that maybe that's also the other problem across the board is that people don't want to think about yeah. the possibility of it happening to them and it, who they, would right it's terrifying right? to imagine your right. kid but there's got to be something done to keep these kids safe you know what I mean we were like that we thought the same exact thing when we heard about Santa Fe you know we were like I couldn't even imagine, you know, I couldn't imagine that happening here to any of our kids. You know what? It can happen and it will happen if things aren't changed. Yeah. So before I let you go, there's one other thing I want to end on the positive note of yes. um, the scholarship. Yes. Um, so Texas State, with um, we've gotten in contact with, with Texas State and we created a, um, a scholarship for an incoming freshman um, that is going into the medical field, any type of medical field, um, they are they will be awarded the scholarship once um, the year starts, and we are trying to get it endowed. Um, right now, we're at almost ten thousand um, dollars, 
Um, so we were trying to get it to 25000 to get it endowed. And then that means it would be a continuous scholarship every year from here on out in, in Tessa's name. Oh, so, that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Who decides who gets the scholarship? Is it like a Texas State thing or is it part of? I believe it's the Texas State. As long as okay. they are um, in the medical field um, and they maintain a certain GPA, um, then they're able to receive the scholarship. Oh, I love that. You know, that was one of my questions to you when I was like, you know, why would you want to come on this podcast and relive everything? And and it was, you said, yeah. for Tessa's memory. And what a great yeah. way to honor her memory yeah. by, with a scholarship. Yeah. You just want to make sure. Yes. Thank you. So thank beautiful. You. I'm so grateful that you came on. Thank you so much. I think you're so brave. And, um, I, I, I sure do hope that people hear about this and you guys get some help in your fight for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing the intro and outro for this show a day after I do the interview with her. And I kind of chickened out in the interview. I wanted to ask her how many times her daughter was shot, but I didn't, and it felt intrusive, and it didn't feel like it was the right question, and so I went home at that night, and I looked for over an hour online trying to find it, so I wouldn't have to ask her that question. I don't feel like anybody should have to be asked that question. How many times was your daughter shot while she was watching a movie at school? And I'm not going to ask her. I know Tess's little friend was shot nine times. I know one of the other survivors was shot three and just had another surgery to deal with her injuries. This issue is really important. I feel like this may be overly simplistic. This may be overly simplistic, but I grew up playing sports. And if there was one person on our team that was messing up, we all ran. We all ran. We all suffered because that one person was messing up. And I'm telling you, if you guys can't figure out how to keep the AR-15s out of the bad people's hands, you don't deserve them. Nobody gets them. Figure it out. You may disagree with me, and that's fine. Come on the show and tell me why. Because your insurance tip of the week is that there's an insurance coverage for shooters which is a terrible thing. It's not just covered on your general liability policy. No, no. It's an additional coverage. It's an additional workers comp writer. I've not sold one, but I know it exists. Thank you so much for being here. Please connect with us at gibagencydallas.com. And again, please share so we can keep this discussion going and keep other little kids like Tess and Tessa's family from going through what they're going through right now. Thanks. See you next week.